What is up, Internet? Welcome to Self-Defense from All Angles, the podcast where we try to break the echo chamber around self-defense and self-protection. I'm your host, Randy King, speaker on all things proactive skills and owner and operator of 8020 Conflict Management Strategies. And don't forget, if you're looking for a speaker to talk on proactive self-protection skills or someone to come into your workplace and help train your staff on the realities of workplace violence, don't forget to get a hold of us at 8020cms.com. Now let's get on to the show. What is up, internets? Welcome to Self-Defense from All Angles. Today we have on the show, for the first time ever, Morgan Rogue. Morgan, welcome. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, I'm super excited to have you. I've been following you on Instagram, and I saw you soar past my follower numbers very quickly which made me jealous, but I love the content you're putting out. And I think that what you teach, which is survival and, and prepping, and I know prepping is like a loaded term. Maybe I'm using the wrong one, but being prepared for events, which shouldn't be loaded. That should be a regular thing. I think it's super important. I love the way that you bring it to people. So why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah. Rogue preparedness. And well, I've been prepping for closer to 15 years now than 10. I keep saying 10, but it's actually getting closer to the 15 mark here. Um, just show people how to be prepared for anything, including zombies, whatever. <laughs> if you're prepared for anything, you can be prepared for the smaller stuff. So I think that's hilarious. I love that zombie is the benchmark for people because of TV and stuff. I was part of a zombie preparedness course, which was just a preparedness course with zombies yeah. as the theme. Right. It makes it fun. <laughs> it does make it fun. And that's, you need, you need to engage people. You can't just be talking about horrible disasters all the time, right? It's going to freak people out. So Morgan, what is your definition of self-defense? So really, I think a definition when it really boils it down to is it's being your own first responder. And I think when people think about self-defense, they always think about um, myself as the last layer. So right. I'm going to rely on the police or I'm going to rely on my husband. I'm going to rely on somebody else for that self-defense. But self-defense is really you are your own first responder because you are the one that is first at the scene, literally. So um, there's nobody better to take care of yourself than you. And I hear this a lot with with women, especially, you know, they're like, oh, you know, when I'm out with my with my husband, you know, I, I feel so protected with him. And that's fantastic. You have so much trust in him. And that's great, you know, that, that he's able to protect you and that's wonderful but at the same time there's lots of variables in which you could be separated maybe you do have your family are you going to take care of the kids or is he going to take care of the kids to get them to a safe area what is going to happen in the situation so regardless of whoever you're with or even if you're in a really public area because we've seen time and time again that um third parties do not care about you at all. <laughs> They're going to whip out your phone or they won't even call 911 in, in nine, nine out of 10 cases. And so, and speaking of 911, when are you going to do that? Right. Before the incident, during the incident, after the incident, most likely after, right? Right. Um, because you're going to be taking care of whatever's going on. And so it really kind of drives home the fact that you are totally responsible for yourself. And that's tough. It's a really tough realization for people because that's so much responsibility right. for you to take care of yourself. 100% is really scary for people. I like that the personal responsibility angle is important because you're right. You are the first person there. You are the only one who's going to be dealing with it. Police are whatever X amount of time away. I'm in Canada and people rely on our medical system a lot, which is fine. But mm -hmm. in Edmonton here, there's been times where there's been no ambulances within 
10 miles of where people are. Like they don't know what the funds are like. You don't know how busy it's going to be. So being prepared for bad things to happen is not paranoid. It's not insane. It's just better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what do you wish more people knew about prepping? Because that's what you do with rogue preparedness, right? Mm -hmm. Is you, you teach people how to prepare for disasters. I kind of do wish people kind of come to that realization that they are the only one that can really help themselves. So while that ambulance may be 10 miles away or, you know, the help, you know, FEMA or whoever is going to be days away, what are you going to do in the meantime? Right. I mean, literally, what are you going to do? How are you going to help yourself in this situation? And that's what you have to ask yourself. And if, if you can really take care of the situation fully, like, and what I mean by that is during a lights out situation, you know, like if you can just handle it with, you know, flashlights and candles and cooking, you know, in alternative ways, like these are very simple things to just keep life going and you don't need, you know, anybody else's assistance with this. You can just keep on going with life. And so really the best way to, to think about this is to think about your everyday life. What do you do? You get up, you, you could take a shower, maybe you'll eat breakfast, you get your coffee, and then maybe you go to work and then you come home and you're going to cook dinner and then you go to bed. Maybe you want to watch something on TV or whatever. So you can still have that same schedule, you know, without the work <laughs> probably, <laughs> um, you know, of get up, you know, drink your coffee, you know, you get your breakfast, you can um, take care of your kids or, you know, uh, bathe yourself somehow. You can do all of these things if you have had that forethought of what would I do without my coffee maker? What would I do without, you know, the electricity or my water heater, all these things, you know, the water flowing from my faucets. What would I do without these modern conveniences kind of thing? You kind of hit on two points there. Point number one is you should be prepared. But point number two is you're not saying help might not be coming. You're saying, what are you going to do until help comes? How are you going to mitigate that time between you will never be more selfish until you're in an emergency. You will never be more self-centered until you're in an emergency. I know I've been in two, not one, but two house fires. Once when I was five and once very recently in two 2019, we lost our house. Oh, so no. I am very aware. Also, I come from a very stressful background and I had a very stressful work life. So we're dealing with emergencies, like everybody becomes self-centered. Everybody starts like community, unless you're really tight, falls apart pretty quickly. Yeah. People start taking care of their own. And, and it, I have a daughter, if it came down to a friend's kids or my kid, like I, no matter much like my friend, I'm still going to pick my kid first. Right. And then mm -hmm. things are going to degrade. So yeah. with this then, cause your whole deal is getting people into being more prepared. So what are some things that people should start doing or could start doing right now? Simple, easy things that could help them be more prepared for that three, maybe three day window of nobody showing up at your house till then. We all have basic needs, right? We want to eat, drink water, you know, um, we like entertainment, you know, uh, you want to take care of your needs and your wants in these situations. So you want ways to eat, but you also need ways to alternatively cook, especially if you have an electric stove or something like that. And then you want to um, have bottled water on hand, lots of bottled water. Bottled water is just the easiest thing that you can do. There's lots of ways to collect water and all that stuff, but that's not in the beginning. You don't need to worry about that. Just go ahead and get the bottled water. It's so easy. It's pretty cheap. Every time you're at the grocery store, you can get a little bit of extra food. You can get a little bit of extra water and that's it. You're, you're, you've handled two of your most important needs right off the bat. I have a question about bottled water. So mm -hmm. we obviously COVID made people a little 
crazy. And the first thing I did was grab a bunch of bottled water. I didn't care about toilet paper. I had a shower. I'm like, we don't need toilet paper. But I grabbed bottled water. How long does bottled water last, number one? And number two is, if it smells plasticky, is it still okay to drink? Yeah, good questions. Um, These are probably the two most that people are always concerned with, you know, especially um, with bottled water because it is in plastic. As long as it stays out of direct sunlight, it should technically be good for many, many years. So like we keep ours like in a closet and then we'll just put a blanket over it. There's no light coming in the closet, but I still put the blanket over it. And then um, just keep it in like really ideal conditions, but water can also be stored in warm conditions. If it is stored in a warm condition, but there's no direct light on it, it might taste a little funny, Mm -hmm. but as long as there's no discoloration, algae growing in it, any of that, I wouldn't really be too concerned, especially if it is that emergency water, you might just be getting a little bit of that plasticky taste, which isn't necessarily bad. If, If you think it's like a really big deal, put it through a Berkey or boil it or something to try to get rid of it. But it's not that big of a deal. We wasted a bunch of water then because we we, we grabbed it. Like, oh, we can start drinking this. Things are getting back to normal, whatever. And I taste like, oh, this is plastic. I didn't know if it was good. So it answers a question. Yeah. <laughs> Before we go on, what's a Berkey? Oh yeah, Berkey is, um, it's a gravity filter. So it's just basically um, like a, it's steel, I think. Yeah, I think it's made of steel. And so it has the filters up here and then the filter or the water is poured in the top and it comes down and gravity fed through to the bottom and it basically just purifies down to the bottom. So it's a nice system because it doesn't take any electricity and it purifies basically anything. So it's a really good setup. Oh, interesting. I've never even heard of that before. Yeah. Okay. So then you said food. Let's talk canned goods. How, so obviously there's expiration. I don't know if they're best before dates. I think they're probably better called. There's best before dates. So that was the same thing too, right? That was my, like, I felt very like king of my household when I came with like bottles of water and canned food and our pantry was full. I'm like, we are set. I have bags of rice and I have this and that. And how, how long does this stuff last? So there's so many variables. What's really funny about what you asked me is I literally just recorded a video that answered this. <laughs> because oh, hilarious. I, get this, I get this so much and people are very concerned, you know, about this because we've been, it's been ingrained in us to listen to those expiration, those best buy dates, like to the T, you know, and things can last much longer than it says on the expiration or the best buy. Now, how long depends on a variety of factors. It depends on the type of manufacturer, like how it was manufactured, you know, like even the way something is manufactured, it could decrease the best buy, just, just so many different factors. Two, it's the type of food. So like tomatoes and canned tomatoes aren't going to last as long as like canned peas. And, and then it's, how are they stored? Are they stored in an ideal condition? Is there rust around it? Is there denting? Is it a pop top? There's so many different variables. Uh And when it comes to that stuff, like even though like rice technically can last 25 to 30 years, right? It could last, it could last up to those times. Canned food could last maybe two or three or four or five years after the best buy date or whatever. But we want to come back down to our senses. How does it smell? How does it look? Like you were saying with the bottled water, you didn't like that taste. That's fine. There's actually nothing wrong with that, with what you did. You didn't feel it was appropriate, so you dumped it. Because when it really comes down to it, it's our own comfort level as well. Right. So like if something just doesn't look right or it doesn't smell right to you, then toss it because this is your food and water. And I would rather you not be sick based off your own senses and your own, you know, feeling about it 
because being sick anytime is bad, but being sick during an emergency is just, it's the worst, you know, it's going to be the worst experience. We don't want that. Right. So we've covered food and water. What's next? So you do want to also cover your, um, your wants as well. And, and I don't think entertainment is a want, but I think that, you know, when I, when I say entertainment, people think that I'm talking about like, you know, TV shows and things like that, but I'm, I'm more talking about like board games and like Mm. things that could just keep the family entertained and, you know, using your imagination and keeping them off of whatever's happening. Like, um, when the lights went out a couple years ago, we made this little cardboard box into like a pretend TV and we put stuffed animals behind it and we'd like play around with it. And then our kids would get little flashlights on their heads and run around in the dark and we'd play hide and seek. And like, we just made it really fun because it's not supposed to be like super stressful time. While yes, there's things to take care of, the things to do, it doesn't have to be super stressful either. As long as you have everything, you know, prepped, as long as you have your food and your water entertainment, you know, you can take care of your mental and physical health as well at the same time. So I love that. I love that you're addressing the mental health side of it, right? Cause I hear a lot of people talk about this and they're only talking about the needs, not the wants yeah. and the wants are going to keep you sane, right? They're going to be uh-huh. the things that keep you calm during this environment. I have, I grew up in a weird environment. So I have a very dark sense of humor. So when we lost our place, my daughter never experienced anything like that. My, uh, wife now, but at the time, fiance, she, she'd also never experienced anything like that before. And I'm like, this is my second one of these. So I'm making jokes and we're doing whatever. And that there's so much to be said about providing people with that distraction might be the wrong word, but with something else to think about other than this all consuming pressure, because none of us perform that well under stress. No, nobody does. And that's the thing. Um, learning how to control stress, even if, if it is through your dark humor or whatever it is, you want to write it down, you want to go, you know, scream for a second, let it out, do whatever you got to do, you know, however you have to control it and figure it out. So, but yeah, very, very important. Okay. So we got food and water. Those are your needs. We're assuming you already have shelter because you probably have a place that you live right now. Right. For needs, you're talking entertainment in, as in book, things you don't need electricity for, right? Books and board games and a TV, uh, (laughs) other things like that, right? Games that exist. I love that you started this with a, hey, what is your routine and how can you make that be as uninterrupted as possible? Do you find that people respond very well to that message? Is it easier to get the information in using that? I think so, because people really stress like, you know, well, how do I even prep? Well, what do you do? What do you eat? What do you drink? I mean, seriously, like, this is it. Like, you know, do you want to still play games on your phone? Well, then you could have an external battery bank and a little solar panel to continue playing your games. I mean, who cares? Like, you know, figure it out and literally just look at your everyday life and try to duplicate that in an emergency besides the work nobody wants to work during an emergency (laughs) (laughs) i actually did have somebody say um will this charge my laptop so i can continue working in an emergency i was like oh come on (laughs) take a break take a break for one minute kind of talking right now like that couple of days let's go let's go zombie apocalypse you have to leave your home you have to do so we have our needs we've taken care it's been three days nobody showed up we might need to go somewhere else what should people have prepared for that kind of emergency so this would fall under an emergency disaster plan i highly recommend that everybody writes one of those because it will give you a better understanding of what you need to take 
what would force you from your home and where you would go. Mm -hmm. I think that last one is the hardest one for everyone about where are you going to go? You know, right. like, are you you're just going to wander into the rural areas and hope to be accepted? It's not going to work out, especially with a family, you know, like, and you want to make everybody comfortable. So like, a lot of people like the lone wolf or whatever they say, oh, I'm just going to take a tarp with me and I'm going to rough it out there. But for a family, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to bring a tent. I'm going to bring, you know, plenty of food, water, some of their toys. Like I'm going to bring as much as I possibly can to keep us comfortable, to keep us safe. And I'm going to have that plan though, first of all, to tell me what am I taking? What's going to push us out and where am I going? And then like any other communication and stuff like that to communicate with anybody else. That makes a ton of sense. So what if you're being forced out, like by, let's say a governing body, is there things you should have with you? So like talking go bag or that kind of situation, like, do you, do you address those sort of things like short-term go bags, long-term go bags? Is that something you talk about? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We, uh, we, each person in our family has a bug out bag right. called lots of things. Like you just said, a go bag, emergency bag, 72 hour kit, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you can make it last 72 hours or you can make it last a little bit longer. Just kind of depends on your skill level and whatever, whatever you're planning for. But yeah, so the bug out bag. And then in addition, we have like a, a bug out box that we'll take with us that has a variety of other little things. And we have a solar generator that we'll take with us and the panels that go with it. Um, some, uh, we have a radio box. It's a, uh, just like a ham radio box that we take with us for communication. And then uh, any self-defense items you may want to take with you. Right. That's pretty much the basics. So like any other extra food and water you want to take with you as well. And that makes sense. And I think having this stuff, because again, your industry, there's a lot, a lot of misinformation in it. Not misinformation isn't what they're teaching, but the way it's presented comes across a little bit extreme sometimes. Yeah. And I think that people forget that like we, I didn't have a go bag for the fire. We had a weird, we actually me and my daughter, we were, we, cause the alarm used to go off in the building we live in all the time. And so we have a rabbit and we're like, we should have like an emergency rabbit kit just in case something bad happens. And we yeah. did that like three weeks before and it worked out. We had the rabbit, it was safe, blah, blah, blah. We lost right. another pet, uh, a lizard, but oh, because okay. there was no emergency uh, plan for the lizard, right? right. So I, I think people, they forget that we take a lot of society's functioning for granted. We take yeah. a lot of it as, oh, this is going to happen, as you mentioned, right? Like you don't have a lot of faith in the governing bodies because of, you know, the history of what has happened. So right. what, what are some really quick, really easy things that people can start doing right now to get better prepared for a potential incident? So, um, so like I had said before, you know, if you grocery shop, you can prep. So, you know, get a few extra cans of food, rice, beans, whatever you eat. Don't buy things you don't eat. Buy things you're actually going to eat. Just because preppers say, buy the rice and beans. If you don't eat those things, do not store them because you're not going to eat them. You're not going to eat them in an emergency. You're not going to eat them. You know, you don't eat them now. You're not going to eat them in an emergency. You just won't. <laughs> that honestly, like, I'm sure this must be uh, a bug in your head because you probably say this all the time, but so much duh is in that. Like, obviously, if you're stressed out, like, why would you add to your stress of by eating food, forcing yourself to eat food that you would never eat before? So right. prepare stuff you would actually eat makes so much sense. I've never heard anybody say it before. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Right. Yeah. And also, like, if you do store the, those rice and beans and you, and you, one, don't eat them all, you will have no idea how to even cook them, period. So right. they're literally just sitting there. So uh, yeah, store food that you eat. There's 
tons of ways, no matter what kind of diet or restrictions you have, you can store things for emergencies. And so get the, that food and water your next grocery visit. And then I would look into um, like what type of disasters or things could happen in your area. Like if you live in a tornado prone area, wildfire area, flooding, hurricane, everywhere has something, you know, mm -hmm. even if it's like a minimal chance of it. I lived in um, Arizona for a while and we, it was super dry. And like, we always had these military jets that would come over and they would do flares. Well, it was a really windy, really dry day. I mean, so windy and dry. And there was a mountain, like, like two, a uh, few acres behind us and they dropped the flares and it went down onto the mountain and there's a, a wildfire and it was so windy and it went up so fast and we were actually scared we had to leave and, you know, because it was coming, it was just building up so fast. You may think that, you know, that, that was a wildfire that was a slim chance that we thought it could have happened in that area because there's no campers there. There's nobody that lives on that mountain. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the fire on the mountain, that's so unlikely. That was how it happened. And so even if there's a small chance of these things happening, I want you to, to think about it. One other person told me that there was a train derailment next to their house with a bunch of chemicals that was spilling out and they had to evacuate from their home. It seems so, you know, unlikely something like that would ever happen, but they do. And so, um, you know, as unlikely as these things sound, um, oh, it only happens, it only needs to happen once for it to impact you. Yeah. So that's, that's really the top three things that I really, really want you to focus on and then be prepared for that and create that emergency plans based on those things. That makes sense. And it seems it's super, super simple and people do poorly without a plan, right? That's mm -hmm. why they do the safe dance on airplanes. That's why we do kind of everything we do is people do bad without a plan. If you kind of know what's going on, you can handle your stress better. What are some of the myths or things that annoy you in this industry currently? Like what are some things you're rallying against in the prepping industry. Okay. This is a good one. So the rice and beans is definitely one I'm rallying against because okay. every single website will tell you the rice and beans. And like we just discussed, that may not be right for you. You know, my kids do not eat beans. And also that only dry beans are acceptable. Canned beans are perfectly fine because you don't have to soak those. You don't have to cook those. You know, you could literally eat them straight out of the can and they're fine. You know what I mean? But dry beans take a lot of resources. It takes a lot of time to cook and soak and all this stuff. And so that's another consideration as well. And also um, the next one is you see a lot of survival books and things that are more focused towards woods and like the Northern area and things like that. But if you're not in those areas, a lot of that stuff is not going to be applicable to you. You need to find the preparedness and survival techniques that are going to work for you in your area. And that includes, you know, everything like our city grids are different. Our um, city emergency plans are different. Everything is different based on, you know, just from city to city, everything is so different. So you need to find exactly how you can lay out your preparedness. Preparedness is a, is it personal journey? can say that I love prepping a very certain way, but then you're going to tell me, I don't like that. I'm going to do it this way. Fantastic. Find out what's going to work for you. Take advice, take it all in, and then figure out what is exactly going to work for you because it's not a cookie cutter and it's not just an acronym that, you know, it's the whatever <laughs> it's, it's not as easy as just, you know, working off of an acronym. So we have to actually plan and uh, figure out our personal needs. So that's, that's my biggest piece. 
Well, and this is indicative to self-defense as well. That's my specialty, right? Is self-defense is deeply personal. What you need to do to defend yourself, Morgan, is different than what I'm going to have to deal with because of threats and profiles, et cetera. So I think in most industries, this stuff is going to be personal when it comes to your family and your ideologies and what you need and require, right? And more people need to talk about that. And I love that. It's not just an acronym because people (laughs) want this. People want this one and done, set it and forget it. Okay, I know how to do that now because I learned a magic phrase and this is going to happen. And that's just just not true. That's not how people experience these things, especially when it comes to emergency preparedness or when it comes to self-defense. They're not taking into account this the chemicals, the stress, the extra factors that are in your system. And a lot of people assume like you mentioned earlier it's awful to be sick during an emergency some people most people assume that when this stuff happens it's going to be happening on their best day at the best time right right? emergencies don't care if you're ready right Right. bad guys don't care if you're ready right so they might get you what you might be this has happened to me before so i like to have the odd drink odd is probably weird i like to drink and uh, (laughs) i there's been lots of times where i've been drinking and i've got an emergency phone call i'm like i can't do anything because i'm in this situation so do you have a plan for that as well right no you're, you're exactly right an emergency or disaster will strike at the most inopportune times Mm -hmm. and um that's why preparedness is so important and that's why having those plans and and training for self-defense or whatever you're doing is going to give you that best advantage because every situation is different every single situation is different so i can have a plan that's going to be a to z this is the perfect plan for this but it will change and that's okay though because you already developed this plan, you can now work off of this plan to, you know, do those side shoots or do whatever you need to do to adapt. That's okay though, because you have that plan to work off of that foundation. I have my bug out bag. Maybe I can't go to plan A, but I can go to plan B or plan C, or because you have these plans, you can make a whole new plan in the moment and it'll still work out because you have already worked worked through it. Morgan, what got you into this? What got you interested in this? What what made you start to teach this? You know, it was kind of a a fluke. Like it just kind of came together. It was just kind of that thing that I I found and um, I... I love it. And I think that it's just, you know, as I was talking to friends and family and all these, and I just realized that like, nobody is really as prepared as we think they are. And, and, and there's a meme going around of like, you know, oh, you, you know, preppers, what does it say? Like, oh, you're not laughing at preppers anymore or something like that. And I'm right. like, well, I mean, there may have probably a few new preppers since COVID or something mm-hmm. like that, but people are still going back to their ways of well, everything's going back to normal, you know? And so I think that it's just a constant struggle to get people to realize that our world, there is no such thing as normal. There's only change and adaption and, and that's what we have to work with. And so, you know, with our society being so fragile all the time, the constant changes, even just in the past hundred years, you just look in the past hundred years, how much change has happened. It's astronomical to think about and to go from, you know, there to here, in such a short period of time. Right. And then to think that, you know, things can't go wrong because we're in such a great place right now is naive. I'm going off a tangent now, but yeah, I just love it. <laughs> and I want to get more people prepared. Have you been preparing your whole life? Did you grow up with this mindset? No, like my, my, my mom like canned and she did some of that stuff, but that was just because like my grandma did, you know, like she sewed her own, sewed our, all our own clothes and stuff like that. But yeah, again, that was just because my grandma did. And it wasn't like of a preparedness mindset. It was more just like, oh, you know, this is homemade. It's good. You know, and all that stuff. Right. But like, no, I didn't grow up with 
I didn't grow up with hunting. I didn't grow up with, you know, self-defense mindset. Of course, my mom taught me, you know, walk tall and look strong and that kind of stuff. Like she taught me those kind of basic things that every woman should know, but like, no, I didn't grow up with any of this stuff. And it's, it's really me and my husband that have kind of pioneered this mindset in us. So it's nice. (laughs) That that's awesome. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about or anything else you'd like to bring up about this that people should know? Yeah. If you think you want to get involved with this, just start. There's not going to be a perfect time. It's not going to be a perfect place. It's not going to be a perfect plan. Just start. That's it. Right. And you made it sound so simple. Like these are just little things you'd have, have emergency water in your house, have emergency food in your house, like things that you need to survive, have those a little bit extra and exactly what you were saying. And maybe I got it from you subconsciously. That's kind of been the rule at our house is when you go shopping, just grab two extra cans of something, right? Just grab this. Just it's, it's, 80 cents, a dollar 60, even inflation is three extra bucks a trip. You're not going to notice that. But all of a sudden you have this pantry full of things. We're now at the point where I'm like, oh, we got to start using this. Because again, we, and I definitely got that from you. We only buy things we eat, right? So I was like, ah, beans last a long time. What recipes can we make with beans that are easy to make? And you know, that worked out. I've always been a huge rice fan. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Morgan, thank you so much for being on the show. I think this is super helpful. The point of self-defense from all angles is this, right? Is self-defense is not just kicking, punching, and choking. It's being ready in an emergency. It's having a good lawyer. It's a whole bunch of other things that are not just what people think it is. And I really want to expand people's minds on this because 90% of the self-defense industry, the people, the head, the big guys, they look like me. They're white dudes telling you how these be bouncers or cops or whatever. And there's so many other people who are defending themselves super successfully without being that type of person. So that's why we do this show is to talk to more people with more views. And prepping is something I think everybody should have at least a little bit of knowledge in because you saw what happened, right? There's um, three weeks where we didn't know what was going on at all, right? Whatever you think about the COVID situation for the first three weeks, nobody do nothing. So we were all planning for the worst. And that's where the toilet paper crisis happened. Like, look how quickly people became selfish in seconds. They stopped caring about the community. They were your pastors. They were your uncles. They were people over behind stuff because people yeah. get selfish that's what happens morgan where can people get a hold of you yeah just find me at ropepreparedness.com if you just search whatever internet browser your favorite just rope preparedness i'll come up instagram youtube wherever awesome and your instagram is fantastic they're so you're doing such a great job i made the joke i don't know if it was on camera or not but that you're you're you've soared past followers because you're providing such great information and your videos are fun you're doing such a great job i just really like the way you are handling this topic because a lot of this was rooted in you know zombie apocalypse macho skull shirt have more bullets than <laughs> brains and i really like you're making this so simple so i highly recommend checking out rogue preparedness everyone obviously i wouldn't have had her on the show if i didn't so check that out we're jumping over to patreon right now where morgan's gonna tell us a story we call it the one up come join us there uh patreon.com slash randy king live five dollar level five us dollars if you're another country the price is different that's how currency works um i know some of you are complaining if you're canadian like me it's seven bucks right now but the dollar's fluctuating so join us over there you can get this extra content plus extra content from every episode we've done and all of my other podcasts are on there as well. So Devil's Advocate, Talking to Savages, um, uh, WTF, what was I thinking, right? All of those are on there. If you miss them, they're still there. You can listen to those old episodes. If you have a guest you want me to talk to, throw me a DM. And of course, if you're looking for a public speaker to educate you, your company, your family, your group on how violence actually happens, get a hold of me. All that contact information is in the show notes. Thank you, Morgan. And we will talk to everyone else soon. Oh yeah, like, share, subscribe, do the internet things. And also don't forget to leave a review. That helps us exponentially. Talk to y'all later.